Hey, 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 what up, good people? This is Adon Bean, and I am so excited uh, that you're tuning in uh, for this episode of The Set List. This is actually the official kickoff of the real, true, authentic season two of The Set List, and I really am truly excited about what you're going to be seeing and hearing over the next few uh, months here. Let me also be very clear that um, I've been recording, I've been working, you might not have heard from me, but it's definitely been happening behind the scenes. And so this, uh, I've got some episodes in the can. I'm really excited about the artists that I've gotten the opportunity to sit down with and have this long form interview. But then aside from just the one-on-one direct interviews that I'm having with artists and getting to know them and their influences, I'm also excited about just what the Setlist brand overall is going to be looking like. I want to be very clear about that because uh, what's also going to be happening is you're just going to hear from me a lot more. You're going to get sick of me very soon uh, because with what's going to happen with the set list, there might be some new interviews that come in that don't necessarily follow the format that you've gotten used to and accustomed to. uh, But they're timely. They're about uh, albums and current events and various things that I'm really excited to uh, unfurl. And so. With that being said, this episode is more of the traditional context of the set list. And I'm so excited about Jack Preston, who's just an incredible artist, really fresh, really dope. I got the opportunity to really uh, first encounter Jack, maybe like, I don't know how many years ago, like eight years ago or so or something like that here in Atlanta. And uh, we just, you know, you're on the scene and you just encounter someone more and more. And I really appreciate his perspective his uh his insight as well as um just his overall gift and talent he's someone who's an artist in the truest sense of the form you do not know what you're going to get with him but you know it's going to be dope you know that it's going to be uh genre bending it's going to stretch your imagination and your expectations and that's always a good thing that's what you should have in an artist and so this episode goes a lot of different places and i'm really excited uh for you to tune in and check it out as always this episode of the set list is being brought to you by fourth district but also this episode is uh being mixed and edited uh by dj ope diggy here at orange fuzz studios in atlanta georgia and uh i'm just really excited about everyone who has held on for the set list has championed it who has hit me up dm'd me text me tweeted me about various episodes and if you have not had the opportunity to or if this is your first time hearing the set list go back to season one check out the amazing interviews that we've had with artists like roman john arthur and saint beauty and india sean and shantae can and carmen rogers and uh shoot man john good and uh armand wake up and ash and i can even i can't even think of all the other names but it's just been a lot of really dope artists who have taken their time to sit down with me and this second season when i tell you this second season for real you're going to be uh pleasantly surprised and uh super happy with uh the outcome of a lot of the hard work that has been happening behind the scenes with that being said The episode in front of you was recorded maybe back in like early summer, May or whatever. But uh, it's still timely, man. Everything that's being discussed and everything that's being talked about. And uh, yeah, have a lot more episodes coming soon. And other than that, man, make sure that you rate, review, subscribe. uh, Let me know what you think. And um, definitely follow Jack Preston. Uh, With that being said, no further ado. Let's get it going. Set list. What up, party people? This is Jack Preston on the set list with Adon Bean, 4th District. Greetings, greetings, good people. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. My name is Adon Bean. 
This is the set list. You know what it is. We are keeping things rolling with um, a fantastic cast of characters falling through uh, the Fourth District Hideaway, and um, I'm just ex- I'm really excited, really elated. Uh, this is probably like two years in the making, two or three years in the making. I probably asked this dude to fall through here um, a while ago, and uh, it just life life right. being life right uh you know unable to make that happen but uh but we made it happen today and so i'm so thankful um for the good homie the talented uh musician mc singer producer the nigga that invented the nike swoosh my <laughs> homie jack preston what's up sir what's happening man thanks for having me absolutely absolutely um and i will say like uh you know not to get into the um the machinations of what happens with our Clark Kent life and whatnot. But one of the reasons why we had to press to make this happen is I know I was heading out of town for, uh, for like a, for really like a couple of weeks, about a week and a half, uh, tomorrow I'm heading out of town, but you, sir, are, um, actually moving out the ATL for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be heading to, uh, the great state of California for a yeah, little bit. California, Los Angeles, if you've ever heard of that city. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's somewhere on the map. Yeah. I think there's <laughs> a few people from there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, man, um, how are you feeling about the upcoming change? Cause you've been, now you're not originally from Atlanta, correct? Right. You're, so I'm, uh, I was born in North Carolina, bet Eastern part of North Carolina, bet, um, my father was in the in the military. He was from South Georgia, so we uh, we lived a few places in North Carolina, and then moved to Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he retired, we moved to South Georgia, yeah. where where my where my dad's from. So yeah, um, I consider myself to be North Cali Georgian. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Um, but yeah, and then you found yourself here in Atlanta for about how long? I've been in Atlanta for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I remember um, seeing a post talking about your super transplant at this point. Like, yeah, you got your. Yeah, I consider myself to be a super transplant. No, I dig it. I dig (laughs) it. I feel that way too. Like, it's been, yeah, it's been since undergrad to now. Yeah, it's like 15 years, like 16 years. So, yeah, I feel. Yeah, if you're invested in the city. To the point where you know you do have a genuine love for the city, right? And you do care about the direction that it goes in, and mm-hmm. what happens culturally here, and you know what impact it has on the people that live here and the people who don't live here. Yeah. Then, and, but if you're not born from here, then I, you know, I consider you to be a super transplant. That's real. That's real. And I think you get to a point too where you start to. It, it's funny. I was talking to I can't remember who it was, but um, Atlanta's. Atlanta is very interesting with regard to like people move to Atlanta and I'll, you know, I'm from the Midwest originally. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like Atlanta receives so much influx from, you know, uh, Northern, you know, East coast, like New York, they want to get out of whatever, for whatever reason they move mm-hmm. to Atlanta or whatever the case may be from all over. And it's very interesting. Cause I feel like people move to Atlanta, but hold on to their, where they came from in a way that you don't see them do that like in New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like like someone can move to New York and be in Brooklyn for like three months and start mm-hmm. talking about 
they're Brooklyn. Like, they're from Brooklyn, you right, know what I mean? Right. But people come from, people who move to Atlanta literally be here 10, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and still will reference where they're originally from. Right. And um, I'm always curious, like, how kind of some biases against Southerness plays into that a little bit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I'm fully reaching at this point. I don't know if that's true, but um, it just, it, it, it's, it's an observation that I yeah. wonder what the theory possibly could be. If we're speaking specifically about New York, you know, um, New York is, is one of the proudest cities. You know, people are Very really true. proud to be from New York. Very true. Um, there's, there's certain places. You mm-hmm. know, I say that about people from, like, New Orleans. If you ever meet somebody from New Orleans, yeah. they're really proud to be from their city. Yeah, New yeah. Yorkers are, like, crazy proud. So I think that people move there and they probably start picking up on that. Yeah. That's that type of pride for the city. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm here. Then I need to be a part of, like... I can see that. This thing, right? Because New York is a different type of city. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also the concentration of like how close people are in proximity to each other. Atlanta's yeah. a little bit more spread out. It is. So you can not be close to a whole demographic of people mm. for a long period of time. Okay. Just by being in a different neighborhood. Okay. Whereas in New York is more likely that you're going to mix with more types of cultures, even on a daily. Mm-hmm. If not on a daily, then like, yeah, in a you know close certainly, span of time. O- yeah, certainly over a course of years, you'll. So that's like the super like micro lens. Yeah, no, no, no. It works. It works as a justification. I, th- I think that, I think there's like what you're describing is very accurate. And plus, like, because you know the the least kept secret is. Uh, someone being from Brooklyn, you know, what I mean? like right. they, they do not know how to not yeah, let that information right, out right, within, right. <laughs> within I mean, five minutes of meeting you. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, so, no, I think that that's a, a point well taken. But that being said, for someone such as yourself, who's just, uh, you know, from the South um, and I feel like inhabits that a lot in your music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like and we're going to get into uh, just kind of some of the work that you've done. But I feel like with your art and with your music, it's it's there is obviously uh, this element of we could call Afrofuturism that plays mm-hmm. into your work or whatever. Um, but it's still so southern in mm-hmm. in its in its roots and in its in its basis. Like, have you always felt like um, that that? that pride with regard to man I'm going like I'm going to represent the south in this way or is it just something that is comes natural and you're like look I don't even I don't even recognize it I just mm. know it's in me and it comes out um maybe a little bit of both okay you know I'm from like a or the town that I grew up in like for the longest period of time from like 5th grade to like 11th grade right mm. In South Georgia, it's a really small town, oh, so yeah. it's like the country. Yeah, you know, like the real country. Like when you have those family members that live in that place, where you're like, "Wow, <laughs> y'all yeah. are really out here right, in right, the right. middle of nowhere." I'm right. from one of those types of towns. Bet it's not the funnest place to grow up in as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you just kind of feel like you're missing, maybe missing some stuff that mm-hmm. could be happening in the city, mm-hmm. right? So I think I had a hunger to kind of see what else, what else was out yeah. there. And even before I lived there, we were living in like Oceanside, San Diego. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'd mm-hmm. seen some things and then I went to the country. So it was like a culture shock. Gotcha. So I was kind of focused on like getting away from that, like kind of as far away from that as possible. Yeah. At the college, I found myself back out in California, right? Okay. Um, and I explored a lot of different 
um, types of sounds that wasn't the traditional Southern sound that um, was around me in my mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had the the privilege of my brother was eight years older than me when mm-hmm. I was growing up. So he was in the Marines and he was traveling the world mm-hmm. and he would send me, you know, he would always have all kinds of different types of music. Yeah. You know, French hip hop and, you know, he'd be, he was like really in the dance hall and, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. So I was exposed to, um, you know, different types of music at a younger age and was open to listening to different types of stuff. And then just being in love with like, you know, kind of traditional hip hop and like lyricism and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, even though I was growing up in the South, I was the kid that always had like Northern hip hop in my CD book or whatever mm-hmm. when you're like on field trips and stuff, right? right, ba- right basketball, right. you know, right. this is the 90s, right? So <laughs> back when so, you had CD, yeah, you had booklets. CD booklets. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was I was always um, those rules that were kind of on kids saying, oh, well, you know, black kids should only listen to this kind of music. I would always go outside of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, listen to a bunch of different types of stuff. So, yeah. um, and then I was um, in like the band and play drums and stuff like that. So gotcha. when I would practice drums, I would practice, practice drums to like No Doubt and um, mm-hmm. 311. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, like that whole wave of food fighters like and that, stuff yeah, like that, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, um I actually developed a like a genuine love for for rock mm-hmm. the same as like hip hop. Sure. And so um that's a long answer, I know. It's nah, a really long answer. It's but necessary. that's what we're here <laughs> but, for. But um but yeah, but so as I, you know, identified myself as a musician, you know, when I became an adult and I started really exploring like what what I was doing, mm-hmm. I was really into the like, let's go as far out as possible. And mm-hmm. some of the some of the artists that I may reference, um, through the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, exploring some of these really kind of out there people who just, they seem to go on the fringes of like creativity and popular music. And, mm-hmm. you know, they had this, these uh, profound impacts on people and the art form. Yeah. And so um, I was just always into that. Yeah. Um, but I think as I got a little bit older and um, more developed and tried a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, I started realizing the importance of my southernness sure right so then it was some intention to make sure that it's understood because i think you can kind of hear in my accent that you can't quite pick up on like exactly where it is right i got you yeah it's southern but it's like what is it again (laughs) i feel like i hear some other things sometimes right and so i can't sound exactly like um some of the some of the dudes that's on the on the radio because it's not the exact same accent yeah you know yeah yeah um even though it's southern it's you know i got like people i grew up with and people that i know that just you know know some folks that like they got some serious deep accents that you you almost can't understand what they're saying you're like what sure yeah yeah (laughs) yeah grandma you know yeah okay (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yeah baby get your with you like what did she say i need to translate right absolutely need rosetta stone um I'm not that southern, I guess, right. if you if you will. So um, yeah, but I, I you know, and I think all of that is. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I think some of you know what you hear kind of in your your MC voice when mm-hmm. it comes out, like is is. I don't I don't mean intentionality in the sense of like a putting on of mm-hmm. it, but but certainly like a 
like in casual conversation, I can talk to Jack. And then mm-hmm. like when I hear you spit, it's like, okay, like it is there's almost an accentuation mm-hmm. of really small nuances that mm-hmm. might be missed in just a casual conversation. Like when I'm just talking to Jack, I might be like, I'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. if I'm just hearing your voice where you where you might right. be from. But yeah. when you start spitting, I'm like, okay, I can mm-hmm. I can catch I can hear a lot more than I heard before. Just as, you know, to back up, I would say like, you know, um, so in the interest of the audience, I've now known Jack. We've known each other. I, I can't even really put a year on it, but it's been let's just say like around the time of like certain music video that we were both in, right? Yes. So yeah, okay, like at least that's like good. eight years. Yeah, it's about so, 2011, probably yeah, 2000. Like yeah, yeah. Like so um, definitely known Jack for a minute. Um, we kind of found ourselves uh, working closely in in a camp, and then and then just we were talking about this in pre production. Just the nature of being on Atlanta, being in Atlanta. Atlanta is a big city, but it functions as a small city in a lot of ways. Right. And when you are working in the community and making strides and doing things, um, there's just no way that you aren't going to keep running into the same type of people. Certainly if you have the same mentality or outlook right. or focus with regard to the music. So that being said, um, man, I've gotten to, you know, uh, see showcases that you've put on yourself mm-hmm. when it was Jack Preston in the dojo, yeah. uh, uh, kind of jam sessions that you've done mm-hmm. at the at the dojo and the uh, you know the community you've built in that way. Uh, also, just as a solo artist, your own work, and um, and then you know we've done some mm-hmm. some 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 fun shows as well too. Yep. Uh, and but the idea of the set list in general is to get to know introduce new artists uh, by having those artists discuss their favorite artists. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of where you wanted to tease out the idea of like what, what artists hold, you know, what artists do you bear the fingerprints of, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but before starting with that, for those who don't know you, uh, I want to start with kind of a, kind of your full length project that came out uh, in 2015. Yeah, uh, it feels like that's so long ago now. I know you see it, how quickly it goes. It's by? crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> like, like, yeah. it's, like it's almost like I did this a year ago, but then you're like, no, it's like right. you know, time just keeps moving. So yeah, uh, but end of the future is the project, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to play a little bit of this song right here. Okay, futures. Welcome to the end of the future as I maneuver past the maneuver to become the numero uno to flow with the crew too though. That's a dojo, used to roll solo. Now I'm at your front though. That name is Zombie, he's now pro slow. Profile, no style like mine for a mile. So I rush a motherfucker like Limbo, I leave him in limbo. Boss like Cimendo, me past your window. Girl from the NO, no doubt that's my kinfo. And your boy stay speaking for the people, whether them broke or rich with resources. The sources from the cosmic physical matter. Boys in the blues just to make them more better. Please give him more cheddar. Cheese never catch me on my knees, not a beggar. But I keep a cold, no sweater. Back on the roof like Stella. Rain in the rhymes might need an umbrella And I'm hellin' from the A to the SFA What do you to say hella? Don't overstep your boundaries, just step up Step up your game, step don't cool And I was in the next level Seven out the truth with a bevel Real with the truth and the trouble In the base, gotta make somebody whole face Just nut off, might be the purple heart and the gold medal Dope from the start, so I didn't really settle So when the time dies, I get better When the time dies, I get better When the time dies, I get better Look at the incredible changes We've experienced and survived From the Stone Age to the present time that right there is uh jack preston end of the future um man like super 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 dope um kind of starts the starts the project out like 
Um, if you can think back to when you were crafting that mm -hmm. song and just in generally the entire project, did you know off rip, like when you started that, that like that was going to be the intro? Did not. Okay. No, that song um, came about when the the collection of songs was probably about 75% in. Okay. Um, the production of the album is by my homie John Baum, also named John Bomarito, but John mm -hmm. Baum as his, as his uh, producer name. Mm -hmm. And um, he's from, you know, uh, Bay Area, California, or he's from Monterey, Bay, okay. but at the time he was living in San Francisco. Yeah. And so um, we... Um, the way that we have been, we've been working together for, you know, over 10 years, mm -hmm. um, kind of remotely, you know, East Coast, West Coast kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, when I was living over there was when we first connected and we, you know, did a lot of music together. So we kind of know each other's, you know, musical identity. So, so we have times where we have some plotted out things and some stuff we were like, yeah, we want this to be here. We want this thing, this mm -hmm. thing to, you know, kind of happen here. Mm -hmm. But then like that was something that just kind of came about. Yeah. And um, that song and one other song, uh, maybe like uh, Rebirth or something, mm -hmm. those were older beats that John had made that he just got inspired one day and then just like gave him facelifts. And it was like, oh, shit, this is kind of <laughs> dope. Man. Yeah. I think, I, I, think I, may can, I can do something to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, then once it was de delivered, then it was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. this, this would be good. Absolutely. Really set the tone for the album. And I think that's exactly what it does, you know, most importantly. Like when you're, you know, when I hear that, you know, you hear uh, a lot of, uh, production elements that almost almost function in a lot of ways like musicals in the sense that like you know elements that uh themes that make an appearance in the chorus then show up later in a musical that lets mm -hmm. you to to kind of hint to the viewer the listener that okay this is all connected and this is the way this works mm -hmm. and i feel like musically there's a lot that happens in that that you hear later and on in the project or whatever. And I would even say as well, like just, I also think it's a, you know, a dope exhibition lyrically of, you know, what you can do and things like that. Uh, I'm in, and with their visuals for this mm -hmm. too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, collaborated with, uh, Vec Neal. If, um, if you're familiar with Vec Neal, he's, you know, one of the, one of the doper visual artists mm -hmm. and, not even to limit him to just a, being a visual artist. He's just kind of all purpose, mm -hmm. you know, cultural impactor, if you will, yeah. um, who uses different mediums, but um, did the video for it. And um, I'm in the video, I think at like the very end, but uh -huh. it features a lot of the people of Atlanta. So it's a, it's a cool yeah. thing. You can, you can catch that. Yeah, you know, and I, so. when we post this, I'll, I'll definitely throw the video up in the post as well, too, Word. so people can check out the visuals as well, because I do think it's a helpful uh, accompaniment to what's being done uh, musically and sonically there. Uh, as I said before, with the set list, we like to know what influences artists themselves, and so we asked uh, all of our guests to think about... Um, their influences like an entire set, like, you know, a set list or a track list to say that. And so it makes you ask the question, like what, you know, Jack would be your favorite uh, first song on a project, you know, uh, similar to what we had here. 
um, how that sets the tone for what everyone's about to hear. Yeah. What is it, you know, when you think about uh, a song that you heard that opens up an album that just said, like, it either floored you or just perfectly encapsulated the way in which you hear um, what comes next on the project? Okay. So, for full disclosure, you sent me these these questions like not that long ago. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go ahead and put you on blast real quick. Is, is that do people do that? Do they, they, usually, they, they usually say something about that. They, they can put me on blast. Okay, it's, right, it's, it's quite all right. It's all um, right. Tough but <laughs> with that, I have more than one answer for um, for this one. So yeah, um, I got two. Okay. This all is gonna be very hip hop heavy. I mean, it is what it is, right? That's what's up. That's all <laughs> um, good. But what popped up was "Bomb First by Tupac. Off of, uh, or Machiavelli, rather. Mm. So off of Machiavelli, uh, Seven Day Theory. Mm. And the reason why I chose that is, you know what? Even before you say that, let me let me play a little bit okay. of it yeah, so yeah. we'll talk about it. Allow me to introduce Machiavelli to God's lyrics like the Holy Cabal. Niggas get shit like 5-0. My 45 next to me when we ride for survival. Money making plans, but through clothes and hands. Yo, bomb first. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> you like, whoa, man, what's going on? Right? Yeah. That's Bruh. like that's the that's that that side of Tupac, and, and the reason why I chose it is because it's intense, man. It's kind of uncomfortable at Bruh. times, man. He's like calling out Mob Deep and Nas and Jay Z, and yeah. this came out after he died. Yeah, right, right. Like this right. came out like maybe days or a couple yeah. weeks after he yeah, died. Yeah, right, was, so it was very mysterious the, the time impact, around the it. impact of it. Mm-hmm. It I think sold helped sell the myth, the myth of like the Tupac legend, right? Where right. it's like, yo, this dude was real, man. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's a reckless song. It is. It's a really reckless song that he made. <laughs> yeah. No, you're completely right, <laughs> and it's wild because it's funny you say that because I think like. You're right. Like he he had died, and this was it was Tupac is the only person who I felt like came across larger than hip hop itself. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so when he passed, and then let me not sugarcoat when he was killed, he you know when we heard this, like he sounded so like you said reckless and mm-hmm. you know vile and vibrant all of those things right and it was all and it was such a weird dichotomy to like it that he sounded so 
passionately alive and mm-hmm. angry at on this record right. that it made us hard to swallow. Like, did he really die? Yeah, you know, right. That's where exactly. all the myths came out. Yeah, like, because it was just it was like, like, damn, this is like, because it's like on? it doesn't like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. not this person. This person couldn't have passed. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, not someone. Else. Yeah, right. And but the, and the other reason why I chose that song is because that's not the tone for the entire album, mm. right? He has mm. songs like um, Black Man's World where he's, mm-hmm. you know, speaking to sisters. Yeah. Um, or, I'm sorry, White Man's World where he's uh, speaking to sister. He has, um, you know, Blasphemy. You know, he got he has these really introspective, right. what people, a lot of people would call conscious songs. Right, right. In the middle, sandwiched in with this intro, and then, you know, I could have chosen... <laughs> his outro too yeah, yeah, um yeah. which i can't even think of what it is but it's the one where he's like same kind of thing where it's like sandwiched into this like recklessness yeah and it's, it's like man that's a fascinating piece of art so absolutely so, that, so that's my first one. i'm gonna try not to take too long in the second nah, so the second good. one is um fear not a man by mm. yasin bay um formerly okay. known as most deaf Okay. Okay. So it's like a completely different, (laughs) completely opposite vibe. It is. I'm a um, bet. We're gonna. I'm gonna play some of this one. Yeah. That was from Brooklyn. We get it every time. Uh, you got me on? Oh. Shout out to all of my crew. East, West, North, South. On the continent, Europe. All abroad, international. There's a lot of things going on, y'all. 21st century is coming. 20th century almost done. A lot of things have changed. A lot of things have not. Mainly us. We're going to get it together, right? I believe that. Listen, people be asking me all the time, yo, most, what's going to happen with hip hop? I tell them, you know what's going to happen with hip hop? Whatever's happening with us. If we smoked out, hip hop is going to be smoked out. If we doing all right, hip hop is going to be doing all right. People talk about hip hop like it's some giant living in the hillside, coming down to visit town people. We are hip hop. Me, you, everybody, we are hip-hop, so hip-hop is going where we going. So the next time you ask yourself where hip-hop is going, ask yourself, where am I going? How am I doing? And you get a clear idea. So, if hip-hop is about the people, and the hip-hop won't get better until the people get better, then how do people get better? Well... My understanding, people get better when they start to understand that they are valuable and they're not valuable because they got a whole lot of money and because somebody think they sexy, but they're valuable because they've been created by God. And that God makes you valuable. And whether or not you recognize that Man, value. Listen. <laughs> listen. How many times did you listen to that? See? Right, <laughs> listen. I had to stop myself because yeah, I just man. I wanted to just keep just it playing, let it play, man. Let it play, oh my man. God. How many times did you listen to Ooh, that? That's, you know what I mean. So that's that's why I chose that one because I was like, man, how many times did I listen to this? That's crazy, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. What's so dope is like, and that's a perfect one because I feel like it. It really does. You know, every time you hear him, you know, making you know making this a lot at the beginning of the record or whatever, and then. And then going right into that, like by the time that that bass line comes in, mm-hmm. 
and you just hear him talking in this tone and it's and and he's talking in a way that sounds jazzy like right. like like you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's really a sermon man it's, it's really, really like he's, pre- he's basically you know just <laughs> spitting some truth it's incredible. i mean he's spitting some truth and you think of the context of the times mm-hmm. you know this is like 99 so um and I, don't, I can't remember exactly when. I feel like it was near the end of 99 still. It, so it was, came out like October. Yeah, somewhere right. in like, October. Like, the end. like I, I think I got it like right, like maybe New Year's Eve or something. Got like you. I, that's when I That's when I yeah. purchased it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, the times and what hip hop had become at that time from like yeah. after uh, Tupac and Biggie died, mm-hmm. 97, 98, 99, like Champagne era, like it was, yeah. it, it was, it was refreshing, like Black Star and all of that, whole, sure. you know, all of that was refreshing. Mm-hmm. So by that point, there were, pro- there were a lot of us that were really locked into whatever these guys were talking about. Sure. So people were listening to that and they were like, yo, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. This is this is some real this is some realness you and know I think, yeah and I think you know I it's it's hard to overestimate it's hard to over uh, sell how large like for lack of a better term shiny suit culture was in that ninety seven ninety eight you know yeah. area and you know what let me let me walk that back a little bit because in ninety eight you had the arrival of DMX and so mm-hmm. you you have a, a there was still a, there was still but a it good, felt glossy uh, but it, there was a a change you know there was a change in the industry yes and it was evident through how the product was coming out absolutely and there were a lot of people that weren't feeling it <laughs> right. straight up right, man right, they right, just right. weren't feeling it right just the same way there's people that's not feeling certain things today absolutely um and so that was just that was refreshing for a lot of people i think yeah no it's it's so incredible and then like and then like from fear of a fear not a man like from then on, like right. smokers, just yeah, then just just, that, just an album that just Bruh. had people just like, yo, man, is he is this guy the illest? Is he yeah, one of the illest? Honestly, well, I need to hear a few more albums and see what's nah, up. No, 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 yeah, like you know, I, um, I've told people plenty of times, man. Like if if most only gave us this, like right. if like if he, this yeah. is like the only thing he ever did, it's like a miseducation, you know, type yeah, of thing. There's where a level it's like, of that, damn, man, you know. And then mm-hmm. you know the Black Star album, I, I, I counted as well. But that's another thing where you like. Damn, I want to hear that again because like, damn, they came with it on that, and Absolutely. those things maybe are just meant to exist as mm-hmm. singular things. And I completely you know, agree. So, nah, incredible, incredible selection, man. Uh, moving along, man. The other parts that we have in sets, oftentimes, is like what, what I tend to know is like crowd pleasers, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are the songs that people just love to hear from uh, their artists. They show up, and you know, uh, you know, if, even if it was you know to keep it going, if it was a a uh, most deaf slash Yasin Bey, they'd be like, yo, I need to hear Umi says. Like, that's just, right. you know, yeah, that, that's right. what I'm here for. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, something that grabs the casual fan or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but what I ask the artist a lot of times in this sense is like, what, you know, I ask the artist to put themselves in the position of a fan. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I, I'm curious, you know, for yourself, like, what is an amazing or remarkable experience that you've had? Maybe your best live show experience that you've had being in the audience. Because as artists, we often find ourselves on stage, yeah. behind the stage, you know, you know, backstage, green, whatever. Like we have these, uh, there's these access, or we're we're often in a place where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about the show oftentimes like for what in whatever capacity that we're working in either as the artist or administering the art and i just think it's so important as artists for us to always be able to like 
let go of some of that and mm-hmm. just go into that place of like, y'all, like, what was it like? What What's a time when I got like, when all of all of the work that um in the business that I've built up to this point where I kind of take that hat off and I'm just a fan again. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that happened now or maybe when you were younger, before you really got you know out yeah. making your own art, but yeah, just what's your best live show experience? So I actually went with uh, when I was younger. Yeah, um, I went with my, went with my first um, concert experience. Nice, which was it's pretty epic. It was uh, it was MC Hammer. With TLC, Boys the Man, and somebody else, and I can't remember who else it was, but just remember those three was enough, right? I was like eight, wow. nine, something like that. Wow. And wait, run this list again. MC, MC Hammer, Hammer, TLC, TLC, Boys the Man. Do you realize any of those three on their own? Yeah, is some people's lifetime experience. Like yeah. right, yeah. You saw I got all to experience three. them at like eight, nine years old. Wow. Yeah. I'm blessed. Wow. My parents, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. For yeah, yeah, for real. You know what I mean? So like what that, what time was this for Hammer? Like what time was this? This was like when he was in his in his hey, it was yeah. like 90, 91, something okay. like that. You know? Okay, okay, okay. You know so then so, it's early TLC then. Early TLC it's like when okay. TLC was first on I think TLC it was their tape. first. If you saw like the um the the movie mm-hmm. that they did mm-hmm. when they was on tour, they was on tour with MC Hammer. I'm oh, pretty sure that was like the same. I got you. Same tour that I saw. It was like wow. their first tour, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. The TLC tip was popping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Motown Philly was you know popping at that time, and so yeah, it was. Wow. It was, it was a good Bruh. show, man. We gonna it have to. Great. We just gonna have to go with a little because I want to. I want to talk to you a little bit more about. It. We just we gotta go with some. Some some uh, hip hop purists that's like, Bruh. oh yeah, Hammer. Bruh. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about um, <laughs> Hammer not being like considered whatever <laughs> real hip hop and stuff until I was older. I was like, oh for real? Like, so, I used to so like well, that when well, I was well, a little like kid. Hammer? We like, like Hammer? Like for real? Y'all ain't telling me. That I, concert was banging. <laughs> now everybody's like Hammer. You know what I'm saying? That's the Absolutely. Thing, that's the thing that I liked about that concert that it was. You know, he was going for like the James Brown type of entertainment. He's experience. in the video. James Brown is yeah, in the right, video. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's so, so crazy. Yeah. Big stadium, mm-hmm. lights, and just huge show. So mm-hmm. everybody does that more now in hip hop, right. Right? right? Right, right, right. They do that more rock star, you know, big pop star type of show. Absolutely. Um, I remember TLC bouncing around on some kind of like <laughs> big floaty things or something, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, man, I. 
a lot of us like Hammer when we were little kids, and I think that's all right because I was a little kid. Absolutely, and, and it was so entertaining. No, nah, it's it goes without saying because I feel like one like outside of Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation countdown, like the too legit to quit like hand movement was like the thing I was like right. I knew I could kill that as a kid like I was like you know what I'm saying right. I was all a 9 or 10 I was like yo I got you on this too legit too legit to quit like right. I, I had that I had that on lock like lockdown. but um but no nah, it's so cool that you said that like and then you know and then I also want you know the fact that um you know even even like you said TLC was in this so we want to play a bit of just what they had going on What's that song about? Oh, I'm zoning out. Uh, what, what's that song about? Think about it. Maybe. Think about the lyrics. <laughs> look, uh, look, I'm, I'm just messing with you because yeah. I was just talking about. It's funny you picked that song because yeah. I was just talking about that with one of my homegirls. Yeah, I was like, man, I just realized what that song is about. It's, it's basically like you know them saying like, yo, I'm not gonna just be. You know, we can't just have this type of relationship. Like, you know, yeah. I need conversation with my sexuality. I need, ah, you know, I yeah, can't yeah. just, yeah, yeah, just hang up with you. Find, and yeah, like, right, we, right. Need to, we need to make something happen. You Word. Know? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, yes. I can choose any man that I want to. That's actual. And factual. And actual. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not I'm just like, actual. It's, it's factual, actual too. factual. <laughs> so That's I'm like, crazy. damn, I didn't know what that song was about no, when I was a little no, kid. No, 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 so, no. Got older, I was like, "Oh man, that's crazy, bro!" All I knew is I just thought Chili was so fine as a kid. Like man, in the video, yeah. I just was staring at her. I was staring at all of them. I thought yeah, they were all yeah. just super yeah, fine. But like, uh, and but it was like the college theme video. Oh yeah, they it were was like just so appealing. It was just so super dope. And yeah. so, uh, and it was just so beautiful. Like man, the way that they, I think what was super dope is like the way in which they blended, um, really strong feminist themes. Mm-hmm interwoven in like these like seemingly syrupy pop like songs and ballads and things like that and then like that like what you just discussed when you dig a little deeper you're like huh yeah yo this this is someone uh enacting their agency Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a relationship like this kind of crazy like super dope man it's funny this is the second uh Second episode I've done where uh, where TLC has made an appearance because, uh, man. They super, got a lot of great music. They do, man. Man. So, no. Nah, that was dope, man. Eight-year-old Jack Preston just out here like, this is incredible. Soaking it in. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, another part of sets as well is like, you know, when, you, when you're doing a song, when you're doing a show, and um, you might be like, look, you know what I'm saying? This is, you know, I'm going to need some help with this next tune. And uh, they go ahead and they bring in some guests. Or a guest to uh, help some help uh, you know help deliver a work or whatever, 
And um, it made me think of when I listened to uh, End of the Future, uh, it made me think about this song. It's a doggone guarantee that lyrically I'm splitting you big, leaving your face first on the pavement. So give me my proper payment for this introduction. My pop says stop cussing, but keep on cold busting, keep on guessing. Told them motherfuckers don't know that Mr. Preston's leaving oppression. A game changer, cultural rearranger. Swift like a cobra when I aim up. Spitting venom, swinging hard when I'm hitting. Knife inning, bases loaded up full count. My team's winning. Leave them stretched out like Dominique and them with a the flow that make them wanna bump it through the speakers when they know it's me again. Nutrition, not fast. Food business suit dudes Nobody fucking ask you what dope is My poor kids make me wanna go and show kids what my zone is Welcome to Joe and Me and Michael We gon' hit em, hit em, hit em, hit em, hit em Hit em with some funky shit This what we do Sit some gin and juice. It's a doggy dog world. What the fuck I'm supposed to do? Who is the rapper's on the fat? Black text flowing over jacket, John Track. Good vibes coming from the south side. Shout that mouth wide open. Man, man. This song is called Hit Him, uh, featuring Black Text, featuring uh, Yemen Somali. It's. I can't remember. Is he spitting on that or does he just do the cuts? He's doing the cuts. Just as the yeah. cuts. And then Sal Rock comes through. Sal so, so Black Text made a, a joke that um, he was like, Dang, y'all mean you're the only person to get um, uh, listed as a feature for doing cuts <laughs> on the track. You know? Like, that is honor, right yo, there. yo, that's absolutely, you know, that's that's some top billing stuff right there. I mess yeah. with that. But um, but man, like super heavyweights, man, killers. Like, tell me about all of these people have been yeah. You know, super prevalent and holding it down in mm-hmm. the um, ATL independent hip hop scene, um, in various ways too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yes, we can all rap, but mm-hmm. we, it's like I rap and do other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and so it's uh, it was just super fresh to see this collaboration come to be. Like, so, talk to me about it. How did this happen? Yeah. Um, First, the, the the beat itself was uh, John Bomb and I kind of vamping. Super dope. You know, I'm kind of messing around with this chop sample. He's playing, he's plunking on the keys. Mm. And then we just start building the beat from there. Um, one notable thing is that the clap is four people clapping at once. That's just a nice geeky fact for so those uh, music geeks out there. There's four people in the room clapping simultaneously. That. That's what we're here for <laughs> is the geeky stuff. Yeah. And so... Um, and so the song, when, uh, you know, once the beat was made, it was like, oh, this sounds like a crew track. You know, it sounds like a crew track. And uh, John and I, we are both, you know, you know, of course, hip-hop nerds and big on, like, Biggie and Snoop and all those people. So it had this kind of early slum Dilla feel to it. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been cool if, like, Biggie and Snoop were like spitting over a Dilla beat in like 94 or something. And that Absolutely. was basically like the vibe that we were trying to go for. <laughs> Super dope. <laughs> and so, um, so John was like, he's like, yo, man, you got to try to spit a verse like Biggie. So when you listen to my flow, 
Um, it's funny because I get I get compared to Andre Three Thousand so much. Somebody was like, "You sound like Andre Three Thousand So I was like, "No, I sound like Biggie," <laughs> because like, that is a Biggie face. flow. <laughs> I actually try to do like a you know like a Biggie, ooh, yeah. but I couldn't do it. You know, it, didn't, it just sounded goofy, right? But if you when next thing, you know next time you listen to that song, yeah. apply Biggie's voice to that, you'd be like, "Yo, this is totally a Biggie flow," or at least my attempt to yeah. a Biggie flow. And then same thing with um, Black Taxi. You know, mm-hmm. he was in a, in the Snoop, which was a part of reason why he was one of the one of the people that was chosen for it but he was like man i always wanted to rap like snoop i was like well here's your song let's do it and so and then he actually brought the hook you know because we didn't have a Mm. hook we just had we was like oh yeah we're gonna do and we was on some like let's like what if uh and that's you know y'all men came in like what if like primo was scratching over a dilla beat and like biggie and (laughs) y'all just threw everything in the pot yeah because think about this shit (laughs) think about it in 1994 what if Mm. Mm-hmm. Dilla, slum, yeah. early slum village Dilla. Yeah, made a song. Primo scratching on the hook. Yeah, yeah. You got Biggie spitting on a verse. You got Snoop spitting on a verse in '94. And '90, when they was crazy. like, you know what I'm saying? That would have been nuts. That would have been nuts. People so, forget how flame Snoop was. Man, in he was <laughs> he was rhyming, dude. So. So the that was the, that was the vibe. Please. So I don't know if we came close to like that because that's like that would be like some crazy legendary shit. Um, I think there's like one song of of Biggie flowing over a, a Dilla beat, and it's mm. like such perfection. You just want more <laughs> of it, right? Um, yeah. But I th- but then Sawrock came in and she just spit like Sawrock because she's Sawrock, you know. <laughs> right, 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 like, right. I mean, if you don't know who Sawrock the MC is, then listen to like three songs and then you'll understand why Man, you don't have to rap like nobody absolutely. but yourself. Rhyme Sayer is very. Thank you for right just ble- blessing the verse on this, you know, yeah, and um, and yeah, it was just in the in the midst of. You know, at the time we was making it maybe like 2013, 2014 and mm-hmm. stuff, where just making that type of song in the middle of what it was almost like a break from kind of the rest of the album is kind of like Southern, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of rooted Southern, but that one is like, yeah. oh, let's just take a little quick yeah, break yeah. back to this. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're yeah, going to get yeah. on this hip hop, hip hop shit real quick, you know. So. It sounds good, bro. Yeah. It sounds really good. And I, and I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. Of the of the album, um, because it's kind of nestled in the middle of the record right. all together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think just, but I just think with those horns, with the scratches, just everything, it, it feels it to me. It's the equivalent of like like when New York East Coast when they do warm music because mm-hmm. they don't always do warm music, yeah. but when they do warm music, like that's what that reminds me of. Right. And yeah. um, so it's just super dope. Um, you know, taking it out of the realm of yourself, though, mm-hmm. uh, if you were to think about um, other artists, what would be one of your, if not your, one of like one of your favorite collaborations? You know, when you think about yeah. either either and it could be your favorite for a host of reasons or, mm-hmm. you know, it could just be one of those things where it's like, yo, I never imagined these two coming together mm-hmm. and they came together and it, yo, it's just wild. Or it could right. be something where it's just like. I've, I've wanted these two to come, you know, I've wanted yeah. these entities to come together. Yeah. So I don't know, man, what, what's a fa- what's one of your favorite collabs? Well, I'll, I'll first tell you what I would love to happen. I want all of Erica Badu's baby fathers or um, ex-boyfriend, so I'm going to include in common, <laughs> to do a song together, man. Wouldn't that be great to hear like Jay Elect, Three incredible. Stacks, DLC, DLC. 
and freaking like comment yeah. on a song together? Be, okay, I know. Be, no, hey, no, not a game. I would. I lo- just want to put that out in the air as much as possible. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I know it's a ridiculous thing, but it's you not. Know, it's but, not. But I gosh, appreciate your be. purity of heart and your request. Yes, I respect that. Please make that happen. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> but. Um, one of my favorite collabs is um this was a tough one. I mean mm-hmm. there's probably so many. I th- I feel this is one of one of the ones where I feel like I'm missing something, but yeah, yeah. um David Bowie mm. and Freddie Mercury mm. under pressure. Mm. Mm. That was it, huh? That was the one. <sighs> like look. song uh vanilla ice as well like this is this is so you know the whole thing about that right do you remember do you know the famous clip of vanilla ice <laughs> saying well mine goes dun 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 and it's like dude come it's on like, bro it's the same who, song who dude you think you that, i think that was where a lot went south for him when he did that it was like dude ain't no future in your front man ain't no future in your front man it's the same song man get them their money man absolutely run that run that so um, yeah man but no uh what 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 sticks out to you about this legendary work man it's just this is one of the the greatest songs of all time. I think it makes me act a fool anytime <laughs> I hear it because, you know, I think what Bohemian Rhapsody does for yeah. a lot of people, mm-hmm. where they kind of act a fool when that yeah. song comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you know what I'm talking about. See, first when I said that people were listening like, what does he mean act a fool? And then you <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, now sure. you think about how you act a fool, right? Absolutely. So, But I, here's the thing. When I think of Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, so I, I have a very like... Uh, advanced degree in white people mm-hmm. uh, yes. I went to, so, so do I so do I and so when uh when there are those songs that I steer clear of white people mm-hmm. you know what I mean right. I, I I just do yeah you because because like, I know what you, can happen like I'm let you do your thing absolutely I'm gonna let you do your like thing. that's you know there's there are some uh the boss Springsteen songs that come on right. and I'm like I'm gonna let you you got that you got it when let's Caroline you. comes on like when right. That's y'all. But Bohemian Rhapsody, absolutely. Right. I'm like, look. In it. Y'all. Acting a fool. <laughs> right. Acting a fool. So, yes. 
So under pressure, it's just, I don't know how to say it without sounding all like 13-year-old middle school kid, like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. But it's uh, the vocal performances, right? So you know, Freddie Mercury is one of the the greatest vocalists of all time. Incredible. Um, Able to do so many different styles and embody so many different types of energies and, you know, interpret emotions in certain ways through his voice yeah so he's you know he's really just top notch in that way and then david bowie um who is one of one of my top um influences just overall one of one of the top artists that has really you know shaped the way that i do things Mm -hmm. you know he went through this period of time where he was making like you know young americans and during Mm -hmm. this time he was um you know, really making like a lot of getting back into like funkier music. Yeah. So there's a funkiness to that song. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's it feels more subtle compared to like maybe some of the deep deeper funk that we're used to. But right. there's something in that song that is like, yeah, yeah. This, this song is there's a there's a hop to it. Yeah, there's, there's a hop a, to it yeah. that makes you kind of move. Absolutely. And then it's like five different parts. It goes through movements where it just changes and it's it's epic. Man, you know, so listen, that's that song. Yeah, that's that song. That's <laughs> it's that song. incredible. That's, that's no. all I'm gonna say. And that, then the other thing, yeah, is that when it comes back to end of the future, which mm-hmm. we were listening to, um, rumors mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. part under pressure, part. Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie, right? Mm. It's it's essentially like a replica of Ashes to Ashes, if you will. You know, That's one just, of those. So, yeah. you know, so that song is like really big. Let me play a little bit of that here. Right. Rumors. Rumors, yeah. They're starting over. They're taking over. Absolutely off of Jack Preston's End of the Future. Uh, I'm glad you said that because, you know, it draws that very um, uh, straight line, if you were, or crooked line, however you want to describe it, uh, from an influence to how that kind of gets processed by an artist and reinterpreted, which is what this whole uh, exercise is about, man. Super, super, super dope. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of one of those. I want to make a song that, I mean, it really sounds just like a song that I love a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ashes to Ashes and Under Pressure. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day, like, David Bowie will hear it and mm-hmm. think that it's kind of cool. Yes. And then, you know, he passed, you know, rest of David Bowie. Um, I did the same thing with another song. I think it was like a um, song called Psycho Mystic, okay. which is off of the 
um, the Sonica Project, which mm-hmm. is the kind of the first collaboration project that John Baum and I did together, right? Because okay. you know we have this, it's whatever um, Fonte and Nicolai kind of like relationship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. so um, I did a song called Psycho Mystic, mm-hmm. and the hook was like, um, oh yeah, this sounds like something Michael Jackson could sing, right? Like you know. <laughs> And then Michael Jackson died. So I'm never doing a tribute song to any other artist ever again, unless they've already passed away. Understood. That's Absolutely. Okay. Yes. <laughs> please. Please. I Every wanna, time I do one, they pass. Yeah, man. I'm gonna uh yeah. I'm definitely I'm gonna just send you a list of artists I need you to not ever yeah, tribute. Never do, yeah, never do like just no don't more touch no them. more tribute. So songs. yeah, I, I certainly don't want you to honor Stevie Wonder ever. <laughs> nah, but, nah, but, Stevie, uh, you safe, man. But um, but yeah, man, moving us right along, a lot of times what happens, um, and hip hop, which honestly, this feels in, that 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 fits in quite nicely, honestly, because what we talk about a lot of times is with cover songs, because uh, that shows up a lot of times in artists in which they do, um, you know, an artist, particularly vocal vocalist, a lot of times will do cover mm-hmm. songs, and you know, it's interesting that you brought out the the rumors joint because I do think that kind of lends itself to some degree of not, a, of course, it's not a replica at all, you know, mm-hmm. certainly with rules of hip-hop that we abide by yeah uh, we, we we don't necessarily, i think it really kind of is a replica but you you view it that that way of of ashes to ashes you view it that way as yeah because when, when i first it, that song was like um john bomb had just been plucking around mm-hmm. I'm, i know i'm talking about john a lot but he, no, he was plucking good. around That's what it was about. um on and he had like these uh kind of sketched ideas you know mm-hmm. these early beat ideas and when mm-hmm. i heard it i was like oh this kind of reminds me of ashes to ashes got you and then you know, we um, we asked Micah Tear that the the the, yeah. the 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 woman voice that you hear is, is Micah Tear, mm-hmm. who um, was you know lead singer with the Dojo, which was the the band that Collective, I had, yeah, and everything. She's she's got some solo work coming out as well, dope. And she could carry that kind of like scale of the type of like epic voice that you know David Bowie or a Freddie Mercury or those types of people would have. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to hold my own in there, but no, yeah, man. So, um, those influences and those. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I guess I ran away from the idea of, of replica, uh, not because I think that I didn't want it to be positioned as something negative. Um, and because you have interpreted with a new concept and lyrics and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that being said, no, I think this fits right in. Um, to to that idea of of a cover song you know or or a cover work it's funny uh one of the more recent things that you and i have done is uh so, some tribute shows in which we've honored uh some artists that have come before us whether that be mm-hmm. uh then we did some work with uh on the beastie boys and Tribe right. Call Quest yeah. and things like that uh which is a lot of fun because i feel like as mcs and artists we don't we don't get an opportunity mm-hmm. to do you know, very rarely is anyone ever doing a cover rap song in their set uh, just because it it doesn't play that way oftentimes. But there's there's such a profound respect that, you know, we have with regards to those who've come before us musically. Mm-hmm. All that being said, uh, what I like to ask artists who uh, operate and exist in the space of hip hop is what musical artist is your most profound musical slash artistic uh influence and i don't want to say i don't want to speak for you but i'm curious you know 
Do you have someone in mind? You think there's somebody? (laughs) Well, well. (laughs) No, I mean, um, no, I mean, I think that, um, I no, I want you to just share. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) um, yeah. That was a tough one, man. I got some really, some really, really strong ones. Mm -hmm. Um, but the the person I landed on was Dilla, Mm. and it's kind of a little more hidden in some Mm. of the stuff. But when you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, totally, Mm. yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Um. And you feel that way um, production-wise? You feel that way writing-wise? Mm production-wise. I think writing-wise, my southerness comes out. Mm -hmm. So I don't think people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that dude rhymes like Dilla. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really rhyme like Dilla. But Mm -hmm. I think it's about an approach. Yeah. About not taking the orthodox approach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, about being exploring, explorative, you know, and... Mm -hmm. You know, seeing if it's a, a maybe a different way, <clears throat> excuse me, a more creative way to 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 do to execute on an idea. Yeah. That's the thing that I think I picked up from Dilla. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's funny because I think people underestimate. It. I mean, Dilla's done. It's kind of it's become like certainly a fashionable thing yeah. now. You know, with his once he passed, right? Uh, to mention him, but. You can't like overstate like how how like to me what made Dilla so dope is that there were things that he did that were natural, but it was also cerebral as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. like a thinking person. Right. But yet some of these things are just like, yo, musically I gotta get this stuff out. And so um yeah, just play a little bit of This is Bendix, the Tomorrow People. What is the magic that makes one's eyes sparkle and gleam, light up the skies? The name of the game is Lightworks. Lightworks, man. Uh, but just his work, like he could just do so much, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and he had it was like he had so many different eras and periods, and like he sounded production wise just as much at home with the backpackers, the conscious mm-hmm. to the people, like club yeah. flossy. Like that's just what I want to be. Like it's just. The hood gutter, like he could give yeah. you, he could give you all of it, man. Right, like he could give yeah. you all of it. So yeah. incredible, and I think it it came, you know, what I think it came from is, you know, almost a practice in, um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's, you know, concept mm-hmm. of, you know, ten thousand hours, right? So mm-hmm. just the amount of time that he really put into his craft, and right. how much, how deep he went into exploring it, just mm-hmm. way deeper than. The average person did, and then having some some gifts, some natural abilities, a ear, right. and and a, and a way to kind of think about certain things to kind of challenge himself. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it w- it's almost like when you're freestyling and you're not thinking about the next thing that's coming. It's just coming. It's flowing. You're it's like in a meditation. Up. Yeah. But there is a thoughtfulness. You do kind of know the next yeah. line is coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Like a meditation mm-hmm. where you're just in this suspended place yeah. where you kind of like, oh, okay, I'm I'm observing things a little bit differently. Like mm-hmm. I'm perceiving time differently or something's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. I think he was like in that space musically. Yeah. And that was that was how that you know, I can see came that. out. Yeah, no, it's and I think what you're describing is like this it's this thing where you you are existing uh yeah, and not to be like super metaphysical or yeah. whatever, but just like you know, I thought of it when you mentioned the freestyle part because it's like sometimes you'll get in a zone where you don't see, like you don't see the next bar until you get there, right? But it's there, it's there. You know, and what you I'm just saying? gotta trust and that it's gonna like, come out, and you say, and then and then the next one, right? And and what happens is like you 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 to your ten thousand hours point, like you've been doing it for so long that you're not panicked about the fact that you don't know what what's coming next. Right. You trust it's going to make itself known. It's almost right. like you're you're like walking and it's like I expect the door to appear right. when it exactly. needs to appear. Yeah, the step and, is going to appear yeah, in front yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah enough light for the step you're on yeah. type deal. So no, that is, um, I that think would, that's a really good way to think of Dilla. Yeah. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Man, we're coming to the end of this whole thing, man. Like, man. come to the end of sets themselves when you go to see a fantastic artist, a wonderful artist, and our artist today is Jack Preston. A lot of times they get to the closing, the end of uh, the project, end of uh, end of their set and their time in front of you. And I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk to you about the end of your project, mm-hmm. uh, uh, most recent project, the end of the future. Yeah. Um, which is uh, well, it's two things. So. You you end the song you end the album with the project with the song Future's Beginning, mm-hmm. which uh, you know uh, for those who were with us in the beginning the beginning of the project was Future's End, mm-hmm. uh, but you know I actually want to go step back if that's okay with you okay. I want to talk about this song Rebirth yeah uh, let's play a little bit of this. Last to the finish line, but first to replenish minds. They saw assembly line. We instant vintage. I'm a brushstroke, illustrating life within a sentence. Live in the flesh, guessing. I'm increasing momentum. Gotta move the crowd before we take off. Thought it was a frown, but the way off. Reaching for the crown with the beam up. Might just touch, but a mean love. And if we mean, doesn't need fall. Every good guy is a badass. If you crisscross like a bow, drop back. Got a barrel in the house, so you count motherfuckers that need to stay back. Stay away from all this real shit. So we came back here from way back. We just came to your block to heal shit or to kill shit. Got us fucking like Hill Street. Blues on some niggas. And for crackers, we exactly what the system wants to extract. But the distractions are no more powerful than when mind is met with action. We the last of the Mohicans that's actually speaking on what's happening. We the first to lay this ground, so lay it down as we reside within the sounds of the future. Cause the present is passing. Cause we're fresh, so we don't have to introduce you to this rebirth This renaissance, moved on Oh, we can all be shaking cause we're taking what we want, what we want Okay well, I guess gonna have to do the best we can with the situation. Cause where we get less than we can, that's motivation. Is it ever really Rebirth. gonna change? Stay um, I wanted to, I wanted to actually talk about that as a as the end as the end, even though I realize it's not the proper end of right. the album or right. whatever. But just I thought it was just a salient work, man, to end end it all there. Did you did you know if you can think back to when you were crafting it? Did you know like yo? This is gonna be the. This is gonna end this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that one. I was like, yeah, 
if it's not the last song, it's gonna be next to the last song. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we we designed that song with that kind of being in mind. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. but rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a cycle. It's instead of it just being an ending, it's mm-hmm. all right. We just went through a cycle. Now there's another cycle that's gonna come. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that has to do with the with the title. Mm-hmm. You know that, and we were just being fake deep. You know how it be sometimes you be I, fake deep. Sometimes you got like, yo, man, we gonna make the we gonna make it say <laughs> features end in the <laughs> beginning. We're ready for what we about to beginning in the end. What you I, know what I'm saying? What I love is and don't 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 make this uh don't like disavow me of this. In my mind, that is the actual voice you use. <laughs> we talking to the, like look. <laughs> I got a million dollar idea. Listen, man, bring them spoons. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying right <laughs> but now. Yeah, no. So yeah, <laughs> but no, it's um. But I think your your inclination was. I think y'all's inclination was right, man. Like I think it it sounds, uh, it 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 sounds complete, which is all I mm. ask for from a project. Mm. Is like when it's done, like man. Did I? It's not all I asked for, but yeah. it's something. It's part of what I asked for. Like, right, man. Do do I do I feel like you know I got a whole meal? You yeah. know what I'm saying. You just wanted to just be a collection of songs, like only. I mean, it's mm-hmm. okay sometimes, right. some, but it feels cool when it's like oh, there's a little theme here. Yeah, yeah. There's no, some, some I'm story about that. Or something happening. I'm about that. Yeah. I think as human beings, we're drawn to narratives. We're drawn right. to storytelling, and um, and so at the end of the day, like we want, you know, it's not. It's not facts. It's it's how you arrange the facts. Like mm-hmm. what 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 story are you telling? Yeah. Uh, as an as an aside, I think that's you know currently right now. I don't know when this is going to air, but currently we are dead in the middle of this Drake and Pusha beef. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> if that's not nothing else, but how are you presenting the facts? I don't know what mm-hmm. is. Like right. I feel like on both yeah. sides, it's like what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you a story with these things mm-hmm. that. This opposition research that I've been doing, <laughs> right? This whole time that I have a team to go and do this, and so how'd you get this information? <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It's, but uh, man, but yeah, man. No, um, but to that end, man, uh, speak to me about you know what's maybe a favorite closing song for you, uh, for another artist, you know, for an artist that did a lot of those things that we were just talking about. When you heard it, you thought, man. This ties this up very nicely for me. Um, I chose two for this okay. one as well. Yeah. So the first one that I chose was uh, Life in a Glass House mm. by Radiohead mm. mm-hmm. off of Amnesiac. <sighs>
a good one. Sounds bro. like the end of some shit. It right? does, bro. It does. Right? So it's almost, it's like a it feels like a like a dirge, like a New yeah, Orleans right, funeral exactly. march. You yep. know what I'm saying? Exactly. And you just kind of like yeah, moping. You know, like right. you're kind of just somberly mm-hmm. approaching. And it picks up. It has different sure. movements in right. it, but that is. Um, you know, if if you're familiar with that album, that song comes at the end of like four just stellar. I mean, the whole album is dope, but just that near the end of that album, they just, it's almost like they pick up and just create another album, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. damn, these four songs are crazy, at least in my experience. Yeah. And so that just really wraps it up perfectly where you're like, man, you know. Yeah. And if I'm interpreting the, the lyrics right, it's, um, you know, in a um, life in a glass house, so <clears throat> you've gone through a breakup, and you have like mutual friends, and mm. you know you don't want to be like you don't really fuck with each other, but you not you know you don't want to be mean, but yeah. you know it's kind of out there, and it's, it's tough, you know, bro. and it's just a it's a it's a it's a, it's a like a really relatable song. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe at the time when it was happening, maybe I went through a breakup or something. So you know, that always you know, always feel those, bro. You, feel, you be feeling those. Like to this day, if I hear RL and Deborah Cox saying right. <laughs> saying uh, <laughs> we can't be friends, I'm yeah. sitting here like fuck <gasps> tears. So so um, so yeah. that was so that was that one. And um, yeah, if if um, I know there's some people who were approaching, <laughs> drop my phone. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but we know we, I know we got like people who are, you know, born closer to the year of 2000, which was this album came out in 2001. Mm. Maybe you haven't heard this amnesiac radiohead. Go check it out. It's a good album. Um, I mean, it's real. It's like, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the other one is, uh, Stankonia, Stank Love, Mm. the end of Stankonia, because it's just, I mean, I will say this. I, I will say what I'll say after we play right. this. That's that. That is probably a better way for me to handle it. Uh, but yes. What does love look like? What does love feel like? What does love smell like? Entitled Stankonia as well. Um, 
there's so many thoughts, man, to talk about Outcast. Uh, I would say just that there's such a history with uh, last songs on Outcast projects. Yep. You know what I mean? They come with it. They come with it. Intros and. Absolutely, they, they, you know, and even but like in particular, I think with you know with with their outros, with their last songs, is it, there's always that nod to like what's ahead with mm-hmm. them all the time. And right, so when right. you hear uh, Southern Playlistic, you hear you know deep, and you're like you hear these alienist voices, and then all of a sudden, of course, you come with AT Aliens, and then you know you hear you know whatever 13th floor yada you know on at aliens and then you you know when you hear that then you can almost play them back to back when right. it comes with you know right. re, you know return the g and all that and and then of course chunky fire and where that takes you right into the guitars that you hear on um gasoline uh gasoline, gasoline dreams. dreams yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so there's just this history that Outkast has always right. had with these ending songs, but I feel like Stank Love is one of them that gets underrated a lot of times, mm. and so I feel I yeah. just think it's super dope that you um, that you pulled this one out. Yeah. What about this sticks out to you, man? I mean, that I'm glad I'm not the only one that's geeky enough <laughs> that I, you know, what that observation that you made about those transitions from mm. their last songs to their first songs on the next album mm. um, or just the vibe of the next album. Yeah. That's one of the things that makes um, their catalog, one of the greatest catalogs of all time of like any artist. Right. Absolutely. And so um, <clears throat> that song, you know, similar to the Radiohead thing came at the end of just a out of this world album. Yeah. And, you know, a procession of like four or five songs that were just like, Smashes, you know, yeah. it's like what twenty something songs on this album. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So at this point, you know, you're still getting hit with like really good songs. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I was one of the fans that was into the whole like, oh, they're going further and further out there. Mm-hmm. So at this point, mm-hmm. it was like they were out there. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely. were really, they were nah. they were far away from. But then they weren't right because it was still funk. It, but mm-hmm. they had went deeper into like. A more traditional funk, more so than like a G funk or sure. a, yeah, you yeah. know, and so they just Absolutely. you know, which right, Stankonia. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, whole yeah. album that they're exploring different but facets it, of, but that, but then that was like, oh, this could be like. George Clinton. No, absolutely. Song, no, know? this is this is Sunrise. So, this is you know, what I mean, it's all of those elements, and I completely agree. It, it got to this. They just kept pushing. Like it's almost like they just kept looking into themselves, yeah. but also looking out right. while they're doing that at the same time and like you said there's 24 tracks on there and like toilet tisha's 21 right Slum beautiful like, 22 and you like these like, is bangers like these bangers. Could be early joint. like that's that crazy. some of my favorite songs at the end of that album mm-hmm. and so you know my theory that i've always had about the reason why i chose outcast and uh, Radiohead is because this album came out in 2000 mm. Radiohead's album came out in 2001 mm-hmm. And I feel like at the beginning of, you know, this this era, this, uh, what is it, the century? Gosh, why well, I can't remember. It was a century, <laughs> millennium, right? millennium century, whatever you call whatever it. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, The beginning of it, they really kind of set the tone for what music would be in the earlier part. And wow. I think that a lot of things are making its way to sounding like some of the stuff that Radiohead and Outkast explored mm. and really kind of pushed mm-hmm. their their respective genres, yeah. you know, um, 
into places where a lot of the stuff that was able to follow in the, in the next couple of decades yeah. could exist because of. Absolutely. And then people are going to take that torch and really kind of go further out. So that's just like a personal little yeah. thing that I have about um, Outkast and Radiohead and just their impact, their influence on music overall. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that would be a good collaboration, right? That would be incredible. Let's get some of that. Yeah. Outcast Radiohead. <laughs> let's collab. get some of that. Yeah, yeah let's do that, y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no, that's dope. Yeah. Please, uh, Erica, don't get with Tom York at all. So that like it won't hook, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't don't uh since we can't have her baby fathers get right. together, yeah. I don't want Tom York to be a part of that too, so that oh, we can't yeah, have three stacks yeah. together. Like we need right, to make right, all that right. happen. We gotta so, make it happen. Yeah. yeah. No, that's um that's super good. And I think that um I think it's good. I think that, you know, I deserve credit as well. Yes, just you do. for just for I was able to get through this interview with Jack Preston and not get to three stacks as a talking point oh, until now. Until now. Because <laughs> uh, I do think that, you know, there's, a, there's been a level as well of like, you know, like comparisons that people in when they just do a quick cursory look, they're just like, they're like, oh, like it's out there. It's Afrofuturism. It's, it's all these right. other elements. And they're just like, oh, what's my closest reference point yeah yeah to a southern afro you know who raps right with they'll just throw three stacks in there and i'm just yeah. like i think one that's a you know a great thing to have be mm-hmm. you know to be compared to but then also i think i tell you like then there's some other things going on with what jack yeah. does you know yeah. what i'm saying and, sure. and and so um I just think it's dope that we ended on Outcast because yeah, like, yeah yeah I think it's a good. Did, did you think that was what I was going to choose as my my influence? Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. honestly. I, th- I thought I, I thought what you might do is be like, this is what I hear. Right. I'm told as an influence, yeah. you know. But that's which what is, I'm, told, I'm told. Yeah, which Outcast, is, I mean, I'm Outcast is my great favorite group. Sure. Know? Yeah. And so yeah. Um, I think somebody maybe Yamin or somebody um, it was in a tweet. There was a joke. Mm-hmm. Somebody had called me um, Daddy Fat Stacks. That is hilarious. Daddy Fat Stacks. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is. Yeah, I mean, but you know, because you know, there's there's, uh, there's uh there's there's times when uh, oh you know yeah, I mean you spit. Oh, I'm joking. Oh, it's oh, a complete, like, it's a complete dry oh, yeah, joke. I was like, well, I was you know, like, it's like that's you know clever. He should probably get into rapping. No, yeah, like, okay, he's a I'm beast like, of an hold MC. On, what? You know y'all mean? We spitting. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's late, man. You I've good. been going all day. Good. Um, you good? But uh, but yeah, man. So that that is that. Shows through, and you know, I do want to be one of the people that you know bears the torch of mm-hmm. the city of Atlanta. I'm going to LA, I'm mm-hmm. gonna do my thing out there, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whenever this drops, I may be out there at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but um, I love Atlanta, you yeah, know, I really yeah. love the city, and so I want to be able to represent. and I think we still got a lot of influencing of the world to do, and I want to be a part of that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, uh, tell the people your socials, how they can stay in touch yeah. with you. Yeah, everything is Jack Press, okay. J-A-C-K-P-R-E-S, yeah. jackpress.com, at Jack Press on everything, mm-hmm. or you can just Google Jack Preston, um, pretty much the only black Jack Preston <laughs> in the world that that I see on the internet, so it's yeah. not hard to find me. And yeah, you can also catch. I do have a podcast as well called say. Digital Good Times. Definitely talk about and that. That is digigoodtimes.com, D I G I goodtimes.com. 
Digi Good Times on everything. And tell people what Digi Good Times for Digital yeah, Good Times kind of focuses times. on. Yeah, we, we, we focus on the intersecting points between technology, the arts, and social impact. Super dope. Right? So we just uh, we, we want to encourage collaboration and, you know, we care about the, the way that culture is built in Atlanta and the Southeast. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a super dope podcast. Check it out. Check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homie Small Eyes and all that. Yep. Uh yeah. And um and then are you working on new music? I am. Mm-hmm. So um it's funny that I feel like this interview is kind of uh rooted in, you know, we talked about end of the future a lot. Mm-hmm. And so um and I talked about John a lot. Mm-hmm. And so John and I are working on it's funny. We, we're just calling it. It's a trilogy, right? So we did the Sonica project. Check mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, mm-hmm. you know, and then so we're really going to be jumping into, um, you know, this next batch of tunes. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what it'll become yeah. quite yet, but it's a it's a place where um, we're feeling really good about just where we are as individuals and how we work together. And mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out from that. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been working with a whole bunch of different producers. So I'm, I've just have songs that probably won't be on a project, but just stuff that I'll be dropping Lucy's, yeah. of various styles mm-hmm. so that people know what yeah. the deal is. They should. So son. they know what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, well, you know, if there's any way that fourth district can support and help out and, um, you know, raise the banner. Um, you know, love to do that. Uh, and just, we want to continue to highlight um, progressive, dope, cutting edge, and just people who who are about their business um, and take their art seriously. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, um, really, really grateful and thankful that man, uh, we made for, this happen. Yeah, bro, yeah, we real. got it in. We yeah, got it in man. for sure. Yeah, super dope. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, uh, please hit up Jack. On um, all of those socials, all those areas and whatnot, um, and check out uh, Digital Good Times. Um, it's a dope podcast. And um, yeah, as far as the set list, I will be back with you very soon with some more dope folks because that's that's what we do around these parts. Uh, yeah, my name is Adan Bean, A D A N B E A N, and um, let's catch y'all next time. Gunshots. Bro, bro, bro.